We're sitting in, of all things, what appears to be an alien spaceship. I'm Peter. And I'm Felice. Welcome to our travel podcast. We're specialist travel writers and we've spent half a lifetime exploring every corner of the world. So we want to share with you some of our extraordinary experiences and the amazing people we've met along the way. Last week we were glamping with our two dogs in rural paradise in Somerset in the west of England in the grounds of Marston Park. This is a 17th century stately home just a few miles from the riverside town of Froome which these days has developed a bit of a bohemian atmosphere attracting artists, writers and artisans to its quaint Georgian streets. Glamping, for people who don't know the word, is glamorous camping where you can stay in nature but without the basic hardships that usually accompany a night in a tent. As we are about to discover, you don't even have to be in a tent at all. We were here in a heat wave, so hot that we couldn't go inside our tent until it was dark, but then we camped in great comfort in this beautiful lakeside setting. Today we're back to talk to Michael Fenner, also known as Fenner, the brains behind this glamping project. We caught up with him in the strangest of buildings on the far side of the lake from the tents. Oh, we should mention that heavy showers share the sunshine here today, so forgive us if there's some noise of rain in the background, but hey, that's unpredictable England in summer. Fenner, we're sitting in, of all things, what appears to be an alien spaceship. Makes a change, I guess, from the cramped space inside a basic bivouac. That's a good way to describe it. So we are sat in a Futuro house. So this is an original piece of architecture from 1968. And it is one of just a handful that exist anywhere in the world. So there were under 100 made. And this is believed to be one of 68 and a half left in existence. And it, you know, to try and describe what I'm looking at, it looks a bit like a Concord first class lounge conceived in a sci-fi film from the 60s? I think that's very true. I mean, for, for my generation, certainly there's that sort of image of the first UFO hunting that went on. It just looks so futuristic, even now, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it really, it really does. An astonishing piece. We're very lucky to have it here for this year. So how come this beautiful spaceship is parked on the side of a wonderful lake in the middle of Somerset? How possibly do you have a spaceship here? and Why is it here? So here at Marston Park, we are very interested in the relationship between art and audience. And we have a lot of people that come down here to break out of the city and create. So we have a lot of musicians and writers and sculptors and painters come and stay. And all of our accommodation is set up as sort of stay work creative spaces. So they all come with desks and easels and artist paints and those sorts of things and acoustic guitars. And then on the other side, we have more of our sort of fun side where we have a lot of exhibitions and performances. And this Futuro house here is really the first in what will be a long line of collaborations with artists and architects and ingenious folk from all over the world. So this is really the first the first sort of installation or piece of art in a in what will be a long journey of odd and interesting things that happen here. How many people can stay in Futuro House? So the Futuro House is available to stay in. There are two sort of sleeping areas, which have one very big and one smaller sort of double bed. So it comfortably sleeps four, but the armchair style things, which you see around you, also all pull out into single beds. 
So we're, we sort of think it's comfiest for four, but could could be up to eight at a, at, a, at a real squeeze. And it's also a space that's used for things. So anything from intimate film screenings to tiny gigs to kind of visual projection installations and drinks parties and all that sort of stuff as well. And Futura House is not the whole of it. You also have some 30 glamping tents set around the lake in a beautiful, beautiful setting. Tell us about those. Yeah, so that's exactly right. So one side of the lake, we have 30 of these uh, sort of glamping tents, which we call canvas studios and canvas suites. And they're all south facing. So you get these beautiful, beautiful views out um, across the water. And yeah, they're, you know, sort of fairly rustic, yeah, sort of rustic natural feel, but with some interesting bespoke touches. We're very lucky to work with some great interior designers here. Yeah, we found the bed was very comfortable. Excellent. And there was plenty of room for our two dogs as well. Fantastic. Yeah, we are ruddy dog friendly, so they are extremely welcome. Yeah, I mean, this is not camping like you think of camping, you know. This is uh, camping with a double bed with uh, Egyptian cotton sheets and uh, uh, bedside tables and power to plug in your phone and whatever. It's not exactly roughing it, is it? It isn't. And there are nice sort of seating areas outside as well. And you can make a fire. Each tent comes with one, I think. Yeah. So we have fire pits outside and then wood burning stoves inside to make sure people are nice and toasty. So yeah, we've uh, we've been delighted with the feedback we've had from people that have come to stay. And how long have you been running this for now? So we opened uh, just at the start of May. So we're quite new, really. We're just a few months in. And yeah, I mean, it's been a real, it's been a real whirlwind. We've had people coming to stay that that side of things has been extremely popular. And we've also opened the site up to to membership to people in the local area. So given what a rubbish time everybody's had over the last year, we decided just to make membership free for this year. So we have over 10,000 people now already that that have signed up and sort of regularly come, come and visit the site. And if you come and visit, you can, you can eat here? Yeah. So one of the Lovely things, actually, is we've had an incredibly wide range of people come through to do different things. So some people come for dinner. So we have a really exciting head chef called Gareth Oakes who announces the menu on the day. It's hyper seasonal and it's all street food, everything from kind of Korean bao buns to sort of Indian fire feasts cooked over hot coals and sort of everything in between. We then have a different range of people that tend to come a bit later for drinking. We regularly have DJs on until the end of the evening and live music performances. Uh, we have gallery space, so we constantly evolving exhibition of, of artists. And then a big range of other sort of happenings. So everything from various types of yoga to meditation to willow weaving courses. There's a wine and life drawing class on a Friday, which is particularly popular with the ladies around here and children's music workshops in the woodland. So it's been beautiful seeing such a huge spread of people come come and enjoy the space over the last couple of months. Well, we found out about it from a local and who suggested that we became members, which was great because it membership costs zero. What is it likely to cost next year? Honestly, we have absolutely no idea. Um, we, we we sort of wanted to get going and it just felt like the right thing to do at the time. We're beginning to have the conversations. It will either be not very much and people kind of buy and do and pay for classes and things as they go, or it'll be a bit more and there'll be a lot more included. And we're you know just trying to, we're sort of discussing with people what we think is going to make more sense. It's also a great place to just bring your dogs to 
take them for a walk. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. There's a strong dog walking contingent who are eating phenomenal amounts of cake. We have a lovely local lady, Emily, who lives just in one of the villages nearby, who is up until about midnight most evenings churning out vast quantities of lemon drizzle and uh, Victoria sponge and brownies. So um, yeah, the dog walkers are really, you know, putting in some sterling work on cake consumption. How many acres are there at Marston Park? So the core of the site is 76 acres. So it's about 50 acres of woodland and about 25 of the lake. But there's also beautiful sort of public footpaths around the parkland nearby. So you can easily walk for, you know, a few hours uh, sort of around and about and do some big loops here. Are there set trails that you can follow? Mm, exactly, yeah. So there's trails along the lake and through the woodland, which we're just kind of opening up as we go. And then there's also the, the, the walks through the parkland. And I should mention it's amazingly lit by night. You've got these wonderful sodium lights all over the place. How do you do that? I mean, it seems to be the whole place is lit up, but gently lit up. There's nothing garish about it at all. Yeah, we, we've we've tried to light um, light the paths and... Just just the essential ones, just to ensure that it's kind of safe for people to get around. But we've gone for, yeah, a very kind of warm, white, low-powered bulb, which are generally quite low down, which makes the lighting a lot less intrusive. And it's also better for the wildlife here as well and creates kind of less less disturbance. Yeah, there's a lot of wildlife. There's a lot of ducks and geese and just yeah. light everything. No, there's absolutely all sorts. So the, the site has, you know, really been very untouched for the last 100 or so years. So it's a real piece of, you know, sort of, proper wild England so there are otters in the lake um, there's a mink running around there are these huge uh, freshwater swan mussels which I don't know if you've seen I mean some of them are the size of kind of both of your hands put together they're absolutely enormous bats birds used to be one of the biggest herons nests in the country um, in Somerset and there's yeah there's absolutely all sorts here squirreled away deer come regularly come down and drink from the lake and now Marston Park I think originally was the seat of the Earls of Cork, is that right? That's correct, yeah. And then what happened after that? He's had a kind of checkered history as a as a, a stately home, a, a beautiful stately home, built, I think, in the 17th century. Exactly. And then it's kind of been like a lot of these sorts of places in, in England. It's somewhere that's a changing place. And I think quite often people think of the classic English estates as, as, as sort of static things that came out of nowhere and then that was it whereas the, the reality is they're much more a development and a reflection of their owners and kind of what was going on at that time so the house was extended sort of significantly with various wings around the 1850s there was a lot of work done so the lake that we're near was created so the lake was hand dug by the irish workforce who were building the train line to penzance as a weekend job so in the in the week, they were building the train lines, and then the weekend for a more relaxing thing, they they hand dug a twenty five acre lake. So, and then there were also a lot of the other lodges and buildings kind of put in around the estate at, uh, at a similar time. And we're not talking about a small lake, are we? So the lake is twenty five acres. So yeah, it's it's a big it's a big body of water. Originally, it would have been about three meters deep, but over the last 100, 150 years, it's very gradually silted up. So it's actually quite shallow at the moment. So we have a very long-term plan here to try and restore the, the whole estate uh, to its sort of former design. Does anyone live in the house? So the house is in private ownership and there are residents there, but not all of the time. So you have regular things at weekends. You have you were having an Ibiza weekend the other day. Yeah, no. So we have quite a rich schedule here. So right last weekend, we were, we did a collaboration with a hotel called Pikes in Ibiza, which is one of the sort of classic 
rock and roll institutions on the island. And yeah, it was a phenomenal three days. We had a lot of the, the team from out there come out and some fantastic performances as well. So if people can't go to Ibiza from here, Ibiza comes to them. That's the idea, exactly. So no, that was great. Some really fantastic art and well-being classes. And yeah, it was a very eclectic weekend. Where do the well-being classes take place? So some of them are, it depends on the size. So some are off in the woodland. We have a structure called the glade in the trees and the hideout further down, which has sort of uh, lake views. We find that's particularly good for yoga. And yeah, we're, we're very lucky here that we've got a lot of space to play with. So we quite often try things out in different places. Now, it looks like the lake would be great for wild swimming, but it's just a bit shallow, is it? It is. As part of our restoration, we, we plan on uh, sort of digging it out and reinstating it to its original depth of three metres, but at the moment it's just too shallow. But instead, we have created a small wild plunge pool, which is just opening as we speak. Oh yeah, we saw that being built when we were here last week, and it looks look very tempting because it was very hot last week. Yeah, you really needed some water to go into rather than just look at, didn't you? Exactly, yeah. So that's we, we, um, we think that would be quite popular. And we have a wood-fired hot tub nearby so that you can do the, the hot-cold thing, which has lots of health benefits. And then right up the far end of the lake, we saw two pretty large swans. That's the only way I can describe them. Yes, they, um, they're a recent, uh, a recent addition. We have these beautiful swan pedalos, which um, are a bit of a homage to the swans that we do have on site. And um, they came as part of the Pikes weekend last weekend. That was when, when they arrived. And you've been out on those yourself? I have, yeah. They're delightfully comfortable. It's quite quick as well, actually. You know, under full, under full pedal, you can, you, can get pretty, you can get around in them. <laughs> do you have any other boats on the lake? At the moment, it's just those two, but we do have some other things in the pipeline. What, rowing boats? Yeah, exactly, like rowing boats, some more sort of traditional English rowing boats on their way. And fishing, it always looks wonderful for fishing, but uh, no fishing at the moment. No, no fishing at the moment. Um, there has been sort of fishing historically here. And as, as you've sort of seen with the way the tents are positioned and with sort of people coming, it's just a bit hard to fit, fit everything in at once. Yeah, it just seems like overall a really chilled out place. Isn't it? It's a little bit of heaven actually near Froome in Somerset. Yeah, it certainly is. And you can come here just for breakfast if you want, or just for lunch. Yeah, exactly. There's always there f- there's food and drink served all day. Yeah, so um, exactly. There's breakfast and breakfast, lunch, and dinner at sort of peak times uh, when we have guests staying, and then mostly dinner is our sort of main main offering. And you have a tented area where you can you can eat and drink and listen to music. Exactly, which has proved really popular. And actually, when the weather's not so good and there is rain, it's actually very pleasant to be able to sit out and still enjoy an English view, but uh, without getting uh, soaked. So what's your story, Fenner? How did you possibly get involved in this? So I was living in Peckham in South London in a converted school with my dog, Alfie, who's a Dachshund, and he became very friendly with another dog called Poppy. And so therefore I sort of met Poppy's owner, which is a very good friend of mine called Charlie. And we'd, we'd become friends for a while. So I'm, uh, my background's as a music producer and a DJ and Charlie's background's in opening bars and restaurants. And we'd became friends. And then over a beer in a trendy ale shop in Peckham, I sort of said to him that I'd had this idea for something I'd wanted to do for quite a long time. And I'd been looking at different sites and he said, oh, that's 
funny I kind of want to do a similar thing and as it happens you know my family has some land in Somerset you should come and have a look so I came down you know expecting a shabby field out the back of a house and was met with this incredible place so we partnered up and have been working together for the last sort of five years. Most of our time has been designing and understanding the landscape. And we have a planning application at the moment to restore some of the old buildings. So there's a beautiful boathouse, an original Victorian boathouse on the lake edge, which we plan to restore and rethatch. So it'll be somewhere that people can row a boat inside and go up for a sort of private dinner or a little exhibition or performance. And then there's a lovely keeper's cottage out in the woods, which again, we're planning on restoring somewhere people can come and stay. Apart from that, there's a lot of woodland management, which needs to, you know, be sort of got on top of and the lake needs to do silting. And there's also some sort of uh, very contemporary pieces of architecture we're hoping to put in as well. There will be additional accommodation and a main sort of hub with restaurant and bar and spa and that kind of stuff in it. A bit like the thing we're sitting in now. So the Futura House is is owned by an artist called Craig Barnes. And I first met him through the Futura House when it was on the roof of Central St. Martins in London. And it was something you could book a ticket to go inside and experience. Uh, Yeah, I was just absolutely knocked out. You know, it was at the time when we were beginning, about five years ago, at the time when we were beginning to make our plans down here. And it was instantly, it just felt like something that had to come here so it's been a long time coming but it's great to finally see it here and be sat here inside it talking to you today it's been a a, one of those sort of five-year plans which has finally kind of come together what are your plans for the future here the long-term plan is is to sort of restore the estate and add some of these other elements this year we are looking at some really exciting uh, sculpture trails and things through the woodland. We think that could make a really lovely addition. And, you know, having got on top of a lot of the initial infrastructure and setup here, we're beginning to sort of turn our attention to the art schedule next year. And we're discussing things like a literary festival. We, you know, there's there's been a lot of interest from people in the sort of well-being industries to, to come and sort of host retreats and things, which we've done a little bit of. So, And how are you going to keep it sort of down to earth and fun and not too expensive and designery are you going to manage to do that do you think i should explain that Froome is a pretty unusual kind of town in somerset it's uh, quite small it's got a population around twenty thousand in all and it's become a a really artistic community of those who know london it's a little bit like Dorston was maybe 10, 15 years ago. So going back to my question, how will you keep this from becoming a sort of designer five-star place that people can't afford to come to? Yeah, I think um, I think the spirit of the place that you've just described in terms of where we are geographically. So we, there's Froome to the north and Bruton to the south, and we're quite near Glastonbury. And I think that, you know, we're very keen for the place to be accessible and we we sort of try and price things accordingly. So we consider that our stays, particularly earlier in the week when a lot of professional creatives looking to work on projects are, you know, really quite reasonable. So we're seeing that it creates an, an interesting alternative for people to, to use a sort of workspace. So we we have everyone in mind and we're trying to sort of ensure that it, it you know, is and will remain an accessible place to come. If people want to find out more or book a night or more here, how do they do that? So if you'd like to find out more or book a stay with us, you can either do that online at our website, which is marstonpark.co.uk, or pick up the phone to a human, which is often people's preference, our numbers on our website, or you can, of course, drop us an email. 
to info at masterpark.co.uk. Fenner, thank you so much for appearing on our podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming and bringing your wonderful dogs as well. And um, yeah, hope to see you guys again soon. That's all for now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our website, actionpacktravel.com, or you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or any of the many podcast platforms. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love you to sign up for our regular emails too at peter at actionpacktravel.com. Until next week, stay safe. And I am you. And you are me. It's just a crazy storm.